But just this week of prayer and fasting, some of the stuff that I was sensing just on our church is that, man, God really loves people. And, and God, God uh, looks at us and, and smiles. And he just, he, he loves people. And he's, he's so grateful for you. I felt like that God loves, God loves you. God loves your kids. And God sees how hard it is sometimes to be a parent. And he, he has a parent's heart. And, and God sees, sees your kids and he loves them. God cares about your marriage. It's really feeling just a heart for marriages, praying for marriages this week. And God sees your deepest desires. God sees how frustrated you are that you're still single. God sees that. God sees that longing in your heart. God sees your insecurity. Um, he sees that sin that you've been struggling with for years, and he's not mad at you for it. Um, and I just felt like this word on us was just like, he was just saying, come to me. With all of this, come, come to me and, and like lean back into me and enjoy my presence and enjoy who I am. And it's in the being with him that the healing takes place. But I sense that the Holy Spirit um, is gonna move this year and he's gonna move tonight, not because we've convinced him to, but because of our desire for him. And we, we just wanted to start off tonight with a video, a testimony, just an encouraging word of somebody in our church, which God did an incredible work in their life. So let's, let's go ahead and check out this video together. I am Kathy Fortier, and I have been coming to Celebration since 2004. It was um, October 25th of uh, 2021, and I was in Calgary for a work trip. And I remember waking up in the morning and putting on my glasses and not seeing properly. And I just attributed it to stress and lack of sleep. And uh, the next day it was the same thing. And one of my colleagues said to me, I think you should phone 811. And then the Wednesday morning when I woke up and it was worse, I did phone 811. And they told me to get to emergency right away. And they told me that I had a minor stroke. And it was my left eye that um, was affected. And what was happening is it would stop at center and wouldn't move to the left. So I had double vision. When I had found out that I had a stroke, I reached out to my husband by text and let him know. And um, it was scary for both of us because his mother had passed away a couple of years before that by a stroke. We were both scared of just with having that experience. Reached out right away to, we were in a freedom group, so reached out right away for prayer. My ophthalmologist, he was the one that told me I should heal between four to six weeks. One of the verses that um, we put on the fridge was Psalm 103.3. He forgives all my sins and he heals all my diseases. And I would just look at that every day and we would pray that every day. Then the four weeks came, there was no change in my eye. Six weeks came, there was no change. I started to get frustrated and a little scared, wondering, am I gonna be healed? And I just started to really lean closer and closer to God. Slowly, I would start to see an improvement. Christmas, it still wasn't healed. Pastor Dennis prayed with me on Christmas Eve again. 
And um, then the week of prayer and fasting came, and um, my husband and I, we watched it online at home, and we would pray every night. And then there was something in the middle of the week. It was um, January 12th, and I just remember praying, and it just, something felt different. And I said to Mitch, I think my eye is healed. And it wasn't a lightning bolt moment at all, but there was just something different. It felt different. And the next morning I woke up and I had no double vision. My eye moved completely to the left. And that Saturday I got to drive again after 12 weeks of not being able to drive. Life has gotten busy again, but the one thing that has remained constant is just that strong foundation that I built going to God every morning and just starting my day again with Him. And remembering that um, it doesn't always have to be the big things, that it can be just even the little things that He cares about. Even though the doctors told me I would be healed in four to six weeks and that didn't happen, you know, the timing of coming to Him in the week of prayer and fasting. And I just think that's such a cool reminder that doesn't always happen in my time, and his time is perfect. Come on, how good is that? That's so good. Thank you, Kathy. I don't know if you're here, but thank you for sharing your story tonight. We appreciate you, and uh, isn't God good? You know, over the years, I've heard many angles and opinions around the topic of healing, as I'm sure you probably have as well. And I've gone through my own skeptical season around the subject of healing myself. I've heard people say things like, if God really can heal, why didn't he heal? And then they give me their example. They prayed for their aunt or their mom or their grandma or whoever it was. And uh, they, they just don't have words for it. They're frustrated with God because he didn't, we're saying he didn't, he answers prayers and they're saying that's not been my experience. Or have you heard this one? The healing was not supernatural. It was a coincidence. Or people say things like, why are you thanking God? You should be thanking science. Has someone ever said that to you? Uh, I know I've seen, you know, a lot of people post that opinion online as if there's one or the other, right? As if they're separate of each other. Or there's another side to it that I don't know if you've seen or not, but I've heard people say things like, God isn't healing you because you don't have enough faith. Or you're sick because of some sort of hidden sin in your life, and you just need to figure out that sin and you'll get your healing. Or this illness is God punishing you. Think really hard. Think really hard about, you know, what's going on in your life and you know, you'll figure out how to get healed. All these opinions can alter what we're going to talk about tonight, the soil of our heart. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 13. If you have your Bible, I'm going to read from the ESV or if you have it on your phone, I just encourage you to go to Matthew chapter 13 right now. And uh, again, I'm going to read from the ESV. Jesus talking. Here then, the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. 
As for what was sown on rocky ground, it's the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself. But he endures it for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among the thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but cares, um, but the cares of the wor- world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, everybody say good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, another 60, and another 30. Now, Jesus is talking about the gospel, the good news of the gospel in this passage. But I believe that the same, and what I've seen in life is that the same principle can be applied to all the ways of Jesus. And I've seen this this sort of... uh, angle or opinion happen uh, towards the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I've seen it happen towards healing as well. When you think about healing, how does it make you feel? And what needs to change when we think about healing? Does the seed need to change or does the soil need to change? And often what happens is people try to change the seed instead of working on the soil. They, they'll try and explain it away. And then I, I kind of gave you some examples tonight, but you've probably had your own as well. They sort of start to put some form of narrative around the seed instead of the real issue, which is the soil. What's going on in your heart? What narrative have you been telling yourself about healing? Now tonight, anytime I use the word healing, I'm always going to be talking simultaneously about the physical And how many know we have some relational and some emotional healing that often needs to take place as well? And so anytime you hear the word healing tonight, we're not just praying for cuts to be closed and bones to be repaired or tendons to be repaired, but we're talking about what's going on in your heart as well. What narrative are you telling yourself about healing? That you have it all figured out on your own? Maybe that it's not going to happen, that it's been too long and this is just you know, your thing to live with? Or that maybe what you're going through is your fault, your cross to bear, your thing to carry on your shoulders. These different ways of thinking that we get alter the soil of our hearts. And the beauty of the presence of God is that the presence of God can change that soil in a moment. How many people know that? That is, you know, often that, that, thing that we try to achieve and work for on our own and, and push, press so hard to f- figure out and we're still not getting that breakthrough for, I, I can tell you this from experience that the presence of God can change the soil of your heart in a moment. In John chapter nine, two to three, the disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, it was not the man that sinned or his parents, but, the works, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. You see, sin and sickness don't have to go hand in hand. And often I'll hear people blaming God for their sickness or people saying, if God was real, my life wouldn't have been so hard. Or if God was real, um, <clears throat> I, 
If God is real, why did I go through these traumatic things in life? If God is real, if God is so good, he would have protected me from these things. And we, we blame him for our illness or our sickness. And can I just tell you tonight, your sickness is Adam's fault, not God's fault. Your sickness is not God's fault. He's not the one that wanted this, or wanted your life to go that way. But he is, as we sang this morning in the song, the son of suffering, Jesus is. That he sees you and he's with you through whatever you're going through. And if you're looking for some sort of purpose or a way to maybe reason or put words to your pain, Jesus is like, you're going through this so that God would be glorified. He's not saying that God put this on you, right? So, so that he would be glorified. He's just saying that the purpose you can find in it is, is, is not to blame God, but actually to bring glory to God. That is, if you're looking for words to put to it, it's that you're going through all of this and the soil of your heart is still good. That you haven't received your, maybe you haven't received your healing yet, but the way you look at God is still good. You still love God. You still trust him and you still follow him. One of the sort of greatest examples, I'll use a little bit of a story later, but John, John Wimber somebody in the 70s and all the way through um, the, the 90s who's part of something called the Vineyard Movement, a big part of the charismatic uh, movement of faith, um, died at 63 after many different uh, sicknesses and illnesses that he had gone through. Yet on Sunday morning, he'd be praying over people and every single week he'd see heal, uh, uh, healing happen week after week after week after week. He kept his heart right towards God, even though his personal experience wasn't the same as what he was preaching. Isn't that powerful? Healing and the nature of Christ go hand in hand. Healing was and is important to Jesus. Healing was and is important to Jesus. Because healing's important to Jesus, it should be important to us. Because healing's important to Jesus, it should, it should be important to us. As we heard this morning, that God calls himself the healer in Exodus 15. He says that this is the nature of God. I am the healer. God heals because he loves people and he wants to set them free. And that's what he wants to do for you tonight. That's what he wants to do for anything that comes up in your life throughout this whole year. We can know that God loves me and he wants to set me free. God loves you and he wants to set you free. That's his nature. That's what we see all throughout the Bible is as soon as these humans started making mistakes, God started finding ways to set them free. We see this, you know, displayed through the New Testament in the works of Jesus. You can even just write down um, the reference and, and, and the, the word I'm gonna highlight beside it if you're taking notes. Matthew 10, 1, he called to him his 12 disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and affliction. That's what we build theology around. Again, Mark chapter 6, 56, and wherever he came in villages, cities, and countryside, they laid their sick in the marketplaces and implored him, that they might even touch the fringe of his garment, get in his presence. That's kind of what they're talking about right there. And as many, as many as touched it were made well. Luke 6, 19. And all the crowd sought to touch him for the power of, for the power, sorry, for power came, 
from him. And he healed them all. Healed them all. This is what we're building our theology around tonight. Matthew 9, 35. And Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing what? Every disease and every affliction. There's two things to notice. That Jesus was present. So the presence of God was there. One. And two, he healed all. Every. As many. Why does he heal? God heals because he's compassionate. God doesn't heal because you performed good enough and your prayer was worded ever so, you know, cleverly and you just said all the right words and you had all the King James Version in there and all of that stuff and that's why he healed. God heals because he's compassionate and that's God's position towards you tonight is that he's compassionate about what you're going through. And so he healed, he, he sees the fact that you've gone through something. He sees the fact that there was an oppressor maybe in your situation and you were a victim of something. God sees that and he wants to heal that because he has compassion on you. He sees that you're going through an illness that maybe doctors said that came out of nowhere and and they maybe never have seen anything like that. And his position towards you is that he's compassionate. That's the nature of God. Matthew 9 36, we just read 35 right after. It says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. That's just, when he sees his people, it's like, I have, I'm moved towards these people because they're harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matthew 14, 14, he went ashore and saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Compassion is God's motivation. It's in his very nature to heal. And it always comes from a place of compassion. God heals because healing is the most common need in humanity. God heals because healing is the most common need in humanity. And you might be here tonight and you're thinking, this sounds great, but again, what about that time? How many people have prayed for someone or for yourself, and you felt that nothing happened. We can just be honest tonight. I have. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And I try to figure it out. I try to like come up with some, you know, in my humanity, I always try to come up with some reason for it, or I'll try to explain it, or I'll just feel stupid in the moment when I step out in faith, and then I'm like, did you feel anything? And they're like, no. And you're like... (laughs) Hey, that's, okay, we'll see ya. Um, and that's, hey, I'm not even sure we're supposed to ask, you know, did you see, did you feel anything in the moment? I, I'm not sure. I'm, not, I, I'm wrestling with that. Um, but in that moment, when we pray and we feel like, did I really just do that? that I really just pray for, you know, whatever ailment that was. And we're both looking at each other like, what was that? It's in that moment that we need to watch the soil. That we need to go, okay, now I have to be careful of the soil. And how I cultivate good soil is I I come back to the word of God. I remind myself of, 
of his words. I remind myself of, this is, this is not a concept. This is the nature of God. This is who he is. And first of all, we sort of respond and think about this moment when we pray and nothing happened. First of all, who am I to say that nothing happened? We should always expect that something took place spiritually, even if we don't see it physically. And, and, and so as we have faith and we step out and we pray for people, we got to know that though, you know, we're expecting something miraculous to happen right in front of our eyes, uh, we can't discount the fact that God is doing something in the spiritual realm as well. And second, we don't build our theology on experience. We build it on the word of God and we let that build our faith. And you might have come here tonight with very little of that faith because of experience. If you're here tonight, very skeptical about what I'm saying, we're thinking that maybe I'm taking these verses out of context. Surely there must be another way to explain this and I must be wrong. I just want you to know that I've gone through that journey too. That I've had my time and I've sat in your seat and I've, I've questioned it as well. And that's okay. But I want you to just think about Jesus' words. Think about the, if, if we, you know, the, and, and this is, I think, where people get off track is they, they try and sort of discount things that they happen, that we see in the Bible because we're not necessarily seeing those things today. That's just the reality of a fallen world, though. Like, why don't we see healing all the time? That's just the reality of a fallen world. It doesn't mean we stop believing for it. It doesn't mean we stop believing the words of Scripture. We just know that we, we do live in a fallen world. Darn those Adam and Eve. Uh, you know, that's, and again, it, this is not God's fault. It's theirs. Again, probably keep our hearts right towards them too. But, but you can hear the word of God right now and you can have faith to respond to him. And it's not, these things don't happen because we, we earn it or something like that. Like we've, we've done good enough. God doesn't heal you because you earned it with enough faith. You, you found a way to manipulate God. You found the right words to say to finally, you know, coerce him to get him to do what you wanted. I think sometimes people look at faith and they're just like, more, more, more. Like, we got to have, like that Trump meme. Have you ever seen that one where he's like, more, 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 more? I don't know. It's, uh, but maybe you haven't seen that meme. I'm sorry. I don't know. I shouldn't be bringing a Trump meme into the healing message. But, but uh, sometimes people look at faith like you have to be this annoying child and keep asking for it and keep asking for it until the parent gives in. But it's not about manipulating God. It's, it's, it's Romans 10, 15. Faith comes from hearing. It's, it's just keep hearing. Like just keep filling the, the, your heart with the good news. Like not, not, not someone's opinion, but keep filling your heart with the good news of the word of God. And we, how do we get faith? We hear. So what are you listening to? Are you listening to past experience? Are you, you know, what are you listening to? Or are you listening to the word of God? Faith comes by hearing the good news of who God really is. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. I know it. I know this is going to happen. 
And I, I will, I'm assured that I will see it. That's, that's faith language. And genuine faith produces action. Like, have you ever heard somebody say, in good faith? There's that saying, we're, we're, we're gonna act in good faith. In other words, believing there's gonna be a response to it because of what we've seen before in the past. This is when we move from hope to faith. There's some, some action based upon. And I, I, I talked a little bit about John Wimber earlier. And John Wimber, um, he had this church and uh, he started just feeling like God had told him every single Sunday from the platform as a part of your service, you're going to pray for the sick. And what happened was he started praying and nobody got healed. And week after week, he's praying, 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 and people started to criticize. And then they moved from criticism into voting with their feet and leaving him, thinking this guy is nuts. He's praying for people every single week and nothing is happening. We're sick of it. And he had so many people leave his church, but eventually people started getting healed. Eventually they had a powerful move of God. This is in Anaheim, California, a powerful move of God where every single week that people would drive from out of town to come to this church because they knew I'm gonna get healed if I show up in this church. But it, had to, it started with him losing something. It started with him having faith for what he had not seen yet. Are you okay with people, people thinking that you're stupid or weird or foolish or whatever words you want to put to it? Like, do we believe God enough that people think that there's something wrong with this person? And that's the, that's the faith that John Wimber displayed that led to a massive healing ministry. I was with a pastor this week and he was telling us his story uh, about just the, the renewal that the Holy Spirit was doing in their church. And uh, they're in our country, Vancouver, and they have this massive reformed church um, that they, they spent, I think it was like a hundred year old church or something like that. Um, they'd been around for a long time. And uh, this church was really based on not, not moves of the spirit, which, which I'm not you know, judging that by any means, but it was really just based on, it was like Bible teaching and that's it. Like, it's like, you know, we come, we sing a couple of hymns and we, we learn the Bible and we leave. And um, there wasn't a lot of room for the moving of the Spirit. And they had sensed, when he took over this church, they had sensed that, you know, God was going to do something, but they weren't sure what it was going to be. And as you know, in Vancouver, it's really hard to get real estate, um, probably because there's people in this room that are moved here from Vancouver because they wanted to own real estate. Um, and, and we've heard that story, you know, Albertans hear that all the time, right? And so it's really hard to get real estate for churches and this church, or this, well, this Buddhist temple came to these people and said that we sense that we're supposed to give you our building, a Buddhist temple. And they were like, what the heck? This is, this is amazing. And well, I don't have time to tell the full story, but essentially they started following the Holy Spirit's leading and prompting and started praying for people and moving in the Spirit. And people in their church hated it. And they saw um, a, a real time of tragedy following God through these, these times throughout their church. In fact, he, he said that 1,000 people left his church. There's a church in Canada. You know, we, our churches aren't, you know, the biggest churches in the world. We get that. We're, we're, we're cool with that. And can you imagine 1,000 people leaving a Canadian church? 
because somebody followed the move of God, the, the, the sensing of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit was leading them. And uh, after they finally get this massive, amazing building. And what they, what they saw after that, when they continued with obedience, was that he said he is at the point where multiple times a week, um, people come to their offices um, that are experiencing some form of demonization and they're able to pray for them, that the spirits would be cast out and they'd be healed. And in fact, he said that um, there was a light on the front of this Buddhist temple and their first service in this building, they uh, found a way to move the light while keeping it on and put it on their stage. And he said, during that first service, um, this light on the, on the Buddhist temple was supposedly to keep spirits away. And he said that they moved this, this light to the front of their stage and they turned the light off. Uh, just saying that, we don't need this, this superstition or whatever it was anymore. I apologize. I don't fully understand it, but that we don't need this anymore. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the presence of God in this place. We don't need this light anymore to do that. And after that, he just sensed like, he, it was just like a spiritual attack. And there was just so much coming after him uh, after they experienced this time. But now, because of that faith and that moving, man, God's doing so much. And they're seeing people come from all sorts of different backgrounds and getting saved and coming to Jesus. And like, God is just absolutely moving in the city of Vancouver. I just feel so encouraged for our city over what I heard this week there. It's just amazing that like, when you follow God, there's times where it takes incredible faith. What incredible faith that is to just allow a thousand people to walk away from your church and just continue to follow where you sense God is, is pulling you. Sometimes faith will cost you something. We believe in healing. Sometimes that'll cost you something. Hope doesn't cost you anything, does it? I mean, I, I can say tonight, I hope somebody gets healed. You're like, yeah, that's great. You know, like I, I that's, that's very easy to agree with. I, I mean, I can come in here, this Edmonton, like I say, I hope the Oilers win the cup this year. That doesn't, like we can all agree with that. That's easy. It's like, yeah, like I, I hope that too. It's another thing to get a, a 2022 Oilers stamp, Stanley Cup champion statue on your body, right? That's faith. That, that could potentially, hopefully not, but potentially cost you something. It's, it's, it's nothing to like hope. Yeah, I hope they do. But it's another thing when we step out in acts that seem ridiculous sometimes. Like, like we're just going to get prayer and that's going to do something. Absolutely. That's faith. What incredible faith. Faith is the way we get hope moving. And let's believe that God's going to do something here tonight. So how do we pray? How do we pray for people? What does it look like? Well, our, our goal with prayer is that people would feel loved. Our goal with, when we pray for someone is that we pray with compassion, just like Jesus had compassion. That, that, that people would leave feeling more loved than when they came. Discipleship is, is becoming like Jesus. Jesus heals from a place of compassion. We pray from a place of compassion, but full of expectation that God's gonna do something. And when we pray for people, we're praying for people, not issues. And, and that's where it can get messy sometimes is that we can get so stuck up in our minds on the issue. I know that happens to me so often when I pray. I'm just like, oh, I hate this issue and I want it to go away, but we're praying for people. The goal of our prayer is that the person would experience compassion, that they would feel more love, more the love of Jesus than before. God heals people. He wants to set them free. He heals because he has compassion. He heals from a place of love. 
You know, he loves you like that. And he's just, that, that's, that's, his, that's his disposition towards you is, is love. He just, he looks at you and he's just, he's so proud. Luke 5.17, we're, we're, we're going to wrap up here. Luke 5.17, one day he was teaching. Some of the Pharisees and the, and the teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea, from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. One thing that remains the same through all the healing stories you'll ever read about is that the presence of God was there. And we are healed in his presence. And it's actually the presence alone that can begin to shift the soil of our heart so that we could be healed. It's entering of his presence that breaks the soil. This is why we, this is why we do worship at the start of our services. You know, worship and prayer are two sides to the same coin. We're, we're sort of doing the same thing when we worship and when we pray. And it's, it's that we're, we're breaking the soil that we've allowed some weeds or some stones to get in there. And, and what we're doing when we worship is we're breaking the soil and say, Holy Spirit, come. I want the good soil in my heart. God's presence is here tonight. The tangible presence of the Holy Spirit is here tonight. Not because we've, again, not because we've said the right words or like, you know, like it's some form of manipulation, but the presence of God is here tonight because we want Him here. We're not just trying to, you know, get through. God comes where He's wanted. So we're not just sort of, you know, hoping for the best. We're saying, we're crying out to him saying, God, we, we know that just a moment with you could shift everything. It's all about love for him. And that's why he's going to heal you. Because he loves you. He loves you so much that he had it all, if you will that his life was perfect, that he's up there in heaven with Jesus and he's saying, this is too good to keep to ourselves. We gotta, we gotta do something about that. It, everything was perfect before we came along, right? Well, not everything, but you know what I mean? In heaven, everything was. And, and then God created a problem, which was us. And he loves us so much that he gave us life. It's like, it's, it's just it's too good to keep to ourselves, Jesus. He gave you life and he wants you to be free in that life. And so tonight, as we go into these moments of prayer, I want to encourage you that it's actually not like you're digging in that soil. It's actually more like a posture of being open for a hug because it's not us that has to break the soil. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the presence of God that comes in and starts to alter the soil and, and we get some nasty stuff in there, but then the Holy Spirit comes and says, let's clean this up. Let's do some gardening. And you just be open. And that's the posture I would encourage you to take tonight. Could we just stand? Um, and I'll, I'll ask the prayer partners to come forward. So thankful for you guys. 
just the prayer partners are made up of, just so you know who these people are, they're made up of uh, people in our church who we trust. These are leaders in our church. And um, they've, for all sorts of different reasons, we trust them. And prayer partners, you can, oh, you know where to go. It's great. And there's ushers that are going to come and, and kind of direct the aisles so it's not too chaotic. It looks like we're getting everybody in place. We could use some more prayer partners on this side, prayer partners. Um, but before we do that, Bible's pretty simple. They, they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. And um, I, I felt like as we are going through worship that God put um, three specific things on my heart that we're gonna pray for corporately before we go into the sort of official prayer partner moment. And so in a minute, I'm gonna just ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and um, you can do it now if you want. I don't care, you, you don't have to. Just, just whenever you're ready, do it. Um, and um, if you feel um, one of the, uh, we'll start, we'll go category or one, one at a time. And if you feel that, um, that this one of these things is for you, I'm just gonna ask you to slip up your hand and uh, if, you're, if you're part of our church, uh, you can go ahead and, and lay hands and, uh, on those people and, and, and pray for them. Uh, and I'm gonna pray, but you can pray on your own. You can pray um, if you're comfortable in, if you have your, your heavenly language, you can pray in that. Or if you're just comfortable just praying out loud, you can pray for those people. And uh, we're just gonna believe for a couple things together. And then I'm gonna dismiss, um, and the band's gonna lead in song. And um, maybe as they sing, something's gonna happen in your heart and you'll feel like you, you wanna come for prayer. But once we start singing, go into that official moment, then you can just hop into the aisles and there's wonderful ushers here that'll send you to the next person available um, to help you get prayer. And we're gonna pray for about 20 minutes together. Um, but first I wanna pray for a couple of these issues together. And so um, I wanna, uh, I've really felt like God, um, and you can bow your heads and close your eyes and even start to pray now. Um, but I really felt like God is, uh, there's someone with an issue in their right foot. And so if you have an issue in your right foot, could you just slip up your hand right now? Um, there's, there's one here and some people around them, one back there, um, one right in the front here and back there too. Can, people around, can you just move around and put your hands on those? Lay your hands on those who have their hand up. Put your hand up nice and tall. We wanna make sure everybody gets prayed for. And it's okay, you can hop over seats. It's a little bit messy tonight. That's totally fine. Let's just make sure everybody who has their hand nice and tall has somebody with their hands on them and praying for them. An issue in your right foot. God, thank you that you said through Jesus that by, 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 our stri by his stripes we're healed. And God, thank you for that. And we're just, we're just believing whatever is going on in these feet, would you just come right now? Holy Spirit, heal, mend, reveal what's going on. Thank you, Father. Issues in your right foot. We just, we just believe. We lift that up to you right now. We say, come and have your way. Thank you, God, for healing that right now. We're believing, full of faith. You repair those issues, whatever they may be. Thank you, God. You can keep praying. If you feel like there's a moment you're having with that person or the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, you can keep praying with them. But I want to move on to the next one. I just got the word blood. I don't know what it means beyond that, but if, there, if it means something to you, the word blood, um, 
If there's something going on in your blood, would you just slip up your hand right now? Something happening with some form of blood thing. Right, right there, second row. Um, some people want to pray. Uh, if there's any other hands up. God, thank you that you heal. It's the back there. Amazing. Thank you, God, you're going to heal. Thank you for your promise and your word that you would heal. Every disease, Lord, whatever this is, God, we're just believing, full of faith. We lift it up to you right now. Thank you, you have a plan and you have a purpose for all these people. God, thank you, you be glorified through their story of whatever this is. Praise you right now that you are, you're working in your miraculous ways, Lord God. Thank you that you, you love them so much, Lord God, and you heal from that place. You have compassion. We just thank you, you're moved from, from that compassion to heal in Jesus' name. Yes, God, thank you right now. We're just believing. Thank you, God. Okay, the last word I got was, um, and again, if you're still praying, go for it. But the last word I got was fear. And so if, if that means something to you, fear, you can go ahead, slip up your hand right now. Let's, let's, make, sure, let's make sure everybody leaves with a hand laid on them tonight, that they're prayed over tonight. Thank you, Father, that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Thank you, God, for um, just the, the joy that it is to live in your presence and we just command this fear to go that I pray that these people would see themselves the way you see them or they, they feel their heart full of scripture fear would be gone and they, that they would feel your love they would feel the, the confidence that it is to live in you and so Holy Spirit would you come fill them up right now that they, they would remind themselves of your word their heart would be full of scripture and they, they would just know that they are loved and they're seen by you God you see the you see every time they look in the mirror you see, every time they have been dwelling on the past failure, I pray right now that, God, they would just sense your, your love and your presence. Holy Spirit, come, heal, repair. Thank you, Father.